Welcome to the Sketchy Sketch Sketch Show podcast. It's open mic night for sketch. We cold read comedy sketches, then discuss how they were written. Here to keep all these goofs going. I'm Harrison. And I'm Amy. In this week's episode, we help Keely through a healing process. Then we see some musical theater through a child's eyes. Finally, a helpful store clerk who knows her stuff. Then join us, won't you, on the Rift Train with Keith and Keely. And stick around to the very end for a fun writing prompt to inspire your own writing. With us on the podcast today. Elise Shereen, she, her. Chris Packard, he, him. Keely Anastasia, she, her. Keithy, he, him. Tyler Chick, they, she. All right, you're all ready to goof around a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) All right, sketchies. I biffed recording my name just now. That's what's going on. Blasting off with a biff. Yeah, that's what happened. I biffed. <laughs> you probably yes. notice that sometimes when people's names are said, it's I, it's their whole name and then their pronouns, and sometimes it's just their name. And so when I say my name and then my pronouns, I leave a pretty serious gap between my name and my pronouns, so I can edit it out easier. That time I didn't, so I started over. <laughs> it's fun to edit a podcast that you're on. <laughs> well, let's get into the good stuff of sketches. Yeah. 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 That's a really All good right. Transition. Let's do it. Our first sketch today is titled Good Grief, written by Keely Anastasia. Floor will be played by Amy D. Benjamin will be played by Harrison Merck. Dr. Fenn will be played by Keefe. Harlow will be played by Chris Packard. Deck will be played by Tyler Chick. And Senna will be played by Alicia Reem. Interior church basement afternoon. Benjamin 30s, floor 30s, Harlow 60s, deck 20s, Senna a teen, and Dr. Finn 40s are wearing name tags and sitting in folding chairs in a circle. They all be looking sad. It all just feels like a bad dream. How can we be expected to go on without her? Thank you for sharing. If I've learned anything from my years of grief counseling, it's that there are no words that can truly console us when we face loss. What I do know is that healing comes with time and that baby Anna would be so proud of you for being here today. Would anyone else like to share? I I guess I'll go. After hearing your story about losing your baby, I... Oh, I'm sorry. My name is Harlow. Hi, Harlow. Hi, Harlow. Hi, Harlow. By Harlow. the time you get to be my age, you have lost a lot. I lost my little Stewie 12 years ago. You always think you outlive them, but... She trails off, looking longingly into the distance. Take all the time you need, Harlow. It was like any other day. I woke up, made my instant coffee, turned on the Law & Order Special Victims Unit Marathon as background (laughs) noise, and sat down to read my primary school's alumni newsletter, St. Crispin Chronicle. There's a section that lists all the class years and any exciting updates they might have. Weddings, babies, new jobs... Then you get to my class, the class of 1956, and each month is just so-and-so has passed away. It's not surprising anymore. You just read it and have this guilty sense of numbness to it all. But this time, as I was flipping through the pages of the Chronicle, I saw the winter musical announcement. They're doing Annie, and not even the junior version, the full thing. And in that moment, I realized I never got to play an orphan, and I never, ever will. (laughs) 
Harlow bursts into tears. The others look around confused. Uh, did Annie mean a lot to you and your son, Stewie? Was it? Did seeing the notice for it trigger some memories of him? Is that what brought on this grief you're feeling right now? What? No, Stewie, Stewie was my purple hyacinth macaw. <laughs> my son lives in Tacoma. I'm grieving the fact that no one would ever cast an old hag like me as an orphan of low stakes community theater production of Annie. I'll never get to mock Miss Hannigan or pretend to yank the whiskers from her chin or jab her with a safety pin or even send her to the loony bin. Uh, Harlow, uh, I think that... Uh... Do you have any idea how many nights I've yearned to get down on my hands and knees and slam a tin bucket on a hollow stage, <laughs> emphasizing poignant downbeats? And that's just one song. Is she being serious right now? Harlow is practicing saying "morn and bundles" in different tones between whimpers. Deck, everyone moves through their emotions differently. All grief is good grief. I just took my brother off life support and you're going to let her bitch about a fucking musical? You know who never even had a brother to take off life support, Deck? Duffy, Tessie, Pepper, Kate. All right, all right, that's enough. This is a support group. Harlow, how can we support you? I'm sorry for my little outburst. I think I must be in the anger stage of my grief. Fucking hell. <laughs> I think I just need this safe space right now. Hearing you all helps me process, though, so please continue. Uh, all right. Would anyone else like to share today? Senna? Oh, um, hi. I'm Senna. Hi, Senna. Hi, Senna. Hi, Senna. Right. Well, you see, a couple of months ago, my mom and dad were driving home from a gallery opening. They were really looking forward to it. And out of nowhere, an SUV. Well, they said the guy had been drinking. And my parents, they didn't make it. Oh, you sweet girl. That's some heavy shit, kid. What's it like? What? Being an orphan. Jesus Christ. It it sucks. You selfish bitch. <laughs> Harlow. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. I promise. This anger stage is a doozy. Let me tell you. I can't wait for depression to kick in. Dr. P, kick this psycho out of here. I, I, I can't do that. Why not? She's, she clearly calls me more harm than good. Flora's consoling poor parentless Senna. Because maybe I was a boy who dreamed of being something different. Maybe I wasn't a native jungle dweller see seeking political asylum from a curious candy maker. And maybe I've been 6'2 since I was 14. And maybe I'm allergic to Red 6 and Yellow 5 Lake, which really complicated the whole orange face paint situation. And yeah, maybe, maybe, as hard as I tried, I just couldn't doom-pa-dee-doo on beat. Dude, what the actual fuck? I get it, Harlow. Realizing you'll never get to play your dream ensemble role, even in a low-stakes community theater production. It's a grief, unlike any other. I'm so glad you're here with us. She pats his hand. The others are appalled. 
I think I'm gonna like it here. Interior church basement afternoon. Dr. Fenn sits at a desk, a capacitor microphones atop it. This is Bert Healy saying... Harlow, in a tattered dress, pigtails, and drawn-on freckles, kicks into frame with a broom as a baton. She sings... Hey, hobo man, hey, Dapper Dan, you've both got your style. She's giving the performance of a lifetime. Benyamin, Floor, Deck, and Senna appear in similar getups with little emotion. But, brother, Jazz hands ensue. Dr. Fenn sheds a proud tear. Blackout. <laughs> Can't wait to hear that. Oh, that cuts That was perfect. <laughs> that was great. Let's talk about this. Yeah. Yeah, so about once a year, I have an existential crisis where I realize I can no longer play an orphan in Annie. Um, and it's really upsetting to me because I was once in a production of Annie as a child, but I wasn't cast as an orphan because it was an all children's cast. And so I got to play an adult in Annie as a child, but now as an adult, I will never get to play a child in Annie. So it's really sad to me. Um, but also I realize it's a ridiculous thing to get upset about. Um, and so I was like, what's a really crazy situation where someone could have this, um, have this philosophy or this, um, thing. So I put it in a grief circle. Um, where people were actually grieving people who've died. <laughs> I like the way that you like sort of like feed the turn uh, with the first page and sort of we expect it to be something, you know, I don't think the people who watch the first 45 seconds of this are going to think this is a sketch, uh, which I think is great. Uh, where did you feel like you saw the the alternate ending coming in? Like, did you see it as something that would go after or... Did you see it as more like something that would be placed in somewhere uh, before the ending? Oh, yeah. Just as a little uh, supplemental thing. Yeah. Added on to the end. Um, Because I think uh, for me, like once we find out Dr. Finn, like isn't going to kick her out or do anything about it. um, It like all grief is good. Grief is like the justification here. Um, And so then it's like this group is like still together and they're like stuck together. So um, I imagined it as like Dr. Fenn is just like, this is how he's helping her grieve. Yeah. And it's everyone true. has to be a part of it. I love the alternate ending. I would say there's that like Dr. Fenn, like the last line Dr. Fenn has in like the sketch proper. That's like, I get it, Harlow, realizing you never get to play your dream. Like I'd say if you put the, some of that stuff, I feel like we get like a lot of the like, Dr. Fenn wanted to be an Oompa Loompa from the previous line. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that line, Dr. Fenn could just like pull a mic out and be like, this is Bird Hanley saying. Um, I, yeah, I just feel like that's a moment where you could like let that be the end of your sketch if you wanted to. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then like, I think this is really tight. I love uh, I love how seriously you take the map. Uh, it like stays uh honest the whole time which is hard to do with something this heavy with something this stupid uh but yeah i think the the only like real note i have is very nitpicky and it's uh when she drops the crisp and chronicle the first time don't have her say what it is and let somebody go what the fuck is the crisp and chronicle like two pages later 
or even just like what Crispin Chronicle and like so it can be justified like later what exactly what kind of performance she's talking about I really like how you just barely touched you wrote very little about everybody else's grief except for like Alicia's line was like a tiny bit longer but we got so much out of just a few words that um, I just want to say, I thought that was really well done. It really sets the stage and the tone. Um, and then my other thought was um, deck just fucking hated everything. So whatever ending you have, if you do have like a musical, I just want to see deck on the side, like fucking no, just like somebody <laughs> be the last line. Like I'm not into this. I'm not okay with this or whatever, but I just liked, they, you know, like they Deck's make attitude. deck shave their head. To play Daddy Warbucks. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Or like Deck is like, or Deck's like, this is an Annie Deep cut, but like Lily St. Regis, like tied up in the corner, mm. like, because, anyways, Hannigan and Mr. Go Off to so try to works. scam yeah. and steal back Annie. And they live, they leave Lily back to watch the orphans and she doesn't want to. So, anyways. <laughs> Never something mind. fun for me just <laughs> was for you and all no, the Andy listeners out there we love Andy but I just I love Dex's like real like fuck this attitude I loved it <laughs> one thing I see that could be possible in terms of like stitching the alternate ending on um, is I would uh, one of the first things I thought was that I would love to see uh, one more or even two more lines about roles that like i want everyone to buy in except for deck i think deck of course can be like you've got to be fucking kidding me and then that prompts dr fen to maybe pull out the microphone and start singing and then when everyone starts singing with him i i just imagine this like building energy into this song at the very end and deck is just like jesus christ (laughs) yeah Yeah, maybe maybe this turns into like a healing thing for everyone because like we learned at the beginning floor and benyamin like lost a child so they're obviously gonna be cast as daddy warbucks and grace who then fall in love and then adopt (laughs) annie as their child so i feel like if you let them all like sing never dress without a smile like right to deck like in this very (laughs) staged like way and then we save the justification of i just took my brother off life support for the blow line Uh, yeah. Yeah. Or jab her with a safety pin, or even send her to the loony bin. Woo! All right, keeping that musical theme, let's go on to our next sketch titled My First Operetta. Written by Alicia Reem. Principal Sharon will be played by Amy D. Sasha will be played by Keely Anastasia. And Casey will be played by Chris Packard. Interior fancy concert slash opera house. We see a full audience of parents chatting with each other. The room lights go down and a spotlight shines on a young woman, Principal Sharon, in her late 20s wearing a cheap tweed suit. She's waving her hand in the air. Attention, parents. Eyes and ears open and mouth cl- mouths closed, please. I am very excited to present to you our first grade class in their performance of My First Operetta, written and started by little Casey Adams. The lights go out completely and the room is dark. We hear kids whispering and running around on the stage. The lights come on and reveal little Casey Adams sleeping in a big bed. Half the stage set up like a bedroom. The other, the fake door leads to the other half of the stage set up like a bathroom. 
Wake up, Casey. It's time for school. I don't want to wake up. You have to. Mom said so. The stage lights shut off and the spotlight hits Casey. Sasha runs off stage. I have to wake up before the sun comes up. I have to go to school because I can only rhyme up with up. What's a kid to do? Casey walks over to the (laughs) toilet, closes her eyes, and makes fake snoring noises. Wake up, Casey. It's time for... I mean, your hair is falling in the toilet. The stage light shuts off and the spotlight hits Casey. Sasha runs off stage. There's poop and pee in my hair. I've avoided shower time for three straight days. Told mom I skipped recess and gym those days. And she believed me like a fool. Now I have to shower like a fool. Lights go out and we hear whispers and a bunch of feet running around. Lights come back on and we see new spot split stage set up. One half's cafeteria, the other is a playground, and we see crowds of kids on the playground side. Red Rover, Red Rover, bring Sasha Adams over. Sasha screams and charges through Casey and her crowd of friends. The lights go out, spotlight hits Casey. I lost another game of Red Rover. Sasha Adams came in Red Rover. I wish we could just play in the jungle gym, but that got taken down after Jim fell off the jungle gym. Well, that's the bell. It's popcorn chicken day. The lights on the stage come back up and all the kids run to the cafeteria side of the school. They have chocolate milk. Gather around, everyone. Casey. Chocolate milk. Casey. Chocolate milk. Casey, wake up. We cut to, we're in the audience. Principal Sharon is sitting next to Casey gently, but firmly shaking her awake. I'm up. I'm up. Principal Sharon redirects her complete attention to the opera. Casey's heavy eyelids blink slower and slower until... She returns to her slumber. Cut to uh, back to the fancy opera court, opera concert house. Principal Sharon is standing in the middle of the stage with a spotlight on her. Listeners, I present to you little Casey Adams. Casey Adams walks to the mic at the center stage, replacing Principal Sharon's spot in the light. Why do we only have bran flakes? I like sweet cereals like frosted flakes. I guess I'll have waffles. Yeah, Pana <laughs> Let's talk It was mostly from stemming from when I was a kid. I sang about every little thing I did, like pooping, changing my clothes eating food, et cetera, et cetera, and annoy the shit out of my sister. And when she was around and I wanted to annoy her, I would sing some more. And then this also comes from my extreme fluid dreaming. And sometimes I dream about being on stage and stuff. So I just like mix that to my childhood self, having one of my fluid dreams about being a famous opera singer. <laughs> <laughs> but as you're, when you're a kid, you don't really have much problems. So I was like, I got to think of a child problem. That's like real inconvenient for them, but they're children. 
for me, I think the funny, the funniest part about this is like a child and like a child production uh, doing like the lyrics a child would write at an opera house in front of like a full audience, right? <laughs> so for me, like yeah. the like sketch version of this looks like uh, like make that legitimately happen without like taking the banana peel off and making it a dream. Uh, and just like justify like why that's happened. And I think like the more it really is, I think you did an incredible job of writing the lyrics that like Casey would write. Uh, and I think the more the audience is like the audience, of the opera house is like, Oh my God. <laughs> and oh, like yeah, shaking and moved and like <laughs> stunning. Yeah, this wasn't gonna be a dream at first, but I didn't know how to close Little it down. But... <laughs> oh Beautiful prose. Yeah. Uh, but I guess I also don't like like I think that's like a defined game you could like establish and play. And I don't think it's like mm-hmm. too short. I think this is like a a fine amount of time for a sketch to go. Um cool. But I, I also say, like, that's a really funny setting, like a child doing an opera in a full opera house. And I'd say, like, if you have something you want to say about, like, a child's creativity, like how you revere it or, like, how you feel about it or how people should feel about it, a sketch mm-hmm. like this is a great place to make that feeling clear, right? Um, yes. So, yeah, I I would just like think about that a little bit. But for me, like just as like, you know, my sense of humor. But for me, the like (laughs) the killer part of this is like you're so good at writing the kid lyrics, like what Casey cares about and like what she would say and writing Jim with Jim and like. It's popcorn chicken day Uh, and writing school and like. You know, just I like know. the the things that kids care about and then also just sort of like exactly how they would say it. And I think that like just seeing like that versus the space and what's usually there is sort of the like simplified thing that you get to play with. And if you got anything you want to say with that simplified, then like that's the place to do it. Uh, what's everybody else think? Yeah, I really like that idea. And then I'm now just picturing like the audience like you, you're showing the audience and having them like slowly build up to losing their fucking minds about brilliance <laughs> and just like weeping and like tearing clothes yeah. up. Of just, like, yes, this is like, you know, mind blowing hearing about like the school bus running over a bump or something. I don't know. Just like there's so many fun things you can have in a kid's life. That this I, just, I just want to see that keep playing out and then like heightening and maybe if you yeah and like taking it out of the dream and you just end with like roses and does you know like the typical yeah. theater ending being thrown up on stage standing just ovation. make it grand just make it grand i'd say yeah okay i guess i'll i should have written a full operetta i don't know i was being lazy and i just wrote the opening of the operetta and i was like i'm gonna make it a dream but that's the thing you don't have to add too much you know what i mean you don't have yeah. to you could don't have to put in every act you could even just show like you could even just show in the di- or like without dialogue just like the highs and the lows and you could even f- like play with uh different um like set changes you did that a little or costume changes mm-hmm. and just for no reason you know like maybe not have dialogue but just show yeah. it if you were like gonna, a like, montage of the show yeah a beautiful yeah. montage of the show thank mm-hmm. you and then just the ending would just be 
I don't know. It's just so much fun. <laughs> yes. If you needed to change like the opening, since it's like going to be at an opera house rather than like a school, one thought I yeah. I had was like two people walking into the show talking about how the critics have been raving about this and how it's so like <laughs> deep and just like going through like oh my god I, I heard that you know this will just like rock you to your core <laughs> something <Yeah>. like that <laughs> just to kind of set yeah. that stage and then have have the little kid like take the stage <laughs> there's poop and pee in yeah. my hair <laughs> <laughs> Ronald Dermott at the time said this changed his opinion on opera <laughs> <laughs> I just need everyone to have opera glasses mm-hmm. like mm, yeah. Yeah. super yeah. fancy maybe yes. like the mm-hmm. program is like highlights magazine or something uh <laughs> it's a real opera house though yeah yeah that's true um <laughs> it could be the like program has a full page ad for highlights yes. <laughs> yeah. there we go yeah exactly oh my god i'm loving this y'all are being so helpful yeah i'd like their first reaction to be a little bit like oh I don't know. You know, a little yeah. bit skeptical. Of like <laughs> the audience is skeptical yeah. until it gets to the hair with the poop and the pee, and then it's like... just like. <gasps> <laughs> oh my gosh! It'd just be fun to see. So it's almost about like the audience's relationship to the opera, and yeah. the wonderful childhood things you say in there. Especially then, you can like you don't have to have a narrative. You could just have the little chunks. Of what it, whatever she might say. So as it comes yeah, in, out of the it's montage, just like montage chunk of something, montage mm-hmm. chunk of something, and have them completely unrelated, and have them be completely bizarre, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm, random things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think other than establishing the new like base reality at mm-hmm. the beginning, all you need to add is like reactions mm-hmm. from the audience to like <laughs> these things that yeah, are being like sung. Audience, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think like something you have here that's amazing is having the like the tropes of like narrative and the way that like characters affect a narrative in this like child's thing. And I'd love to see more of that with like, I'd love to see like a little boy like run on the stage and be like, all the balloons are gone. <laughs> yeah. You could, if you wanted, you could like look at how you heighten along the lines of like how not big a deal what they're singing about is. Like, oh, de-heighten it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. okay. But I really love the attention you paid to how this would be staged with the like dual setup. Uh, <laughs> stage pictures of like cafeteria in the playground uh you i think you said like just enough to paint a really good picture and i like that. i also love um just like the random additions of information like at the end of lines like when she's talking about like red rover and then the jungle gym and gym and all the things and then just like frozen <laughs> that it's popcorn chicken day like that's just <laughs> such a like funny little kid telling a story mm-hmm. thing to do <laughs> Uh, yeah, after the popcorn chicken line, someone should turn to someone else in the audience and say, we should get a divorce and then run out. (laughs) (laughs) She believed me like a fool. Now I have to shower like a fool. 
All right. Our final sketch today has no singing that I'm aware of, but maybe that can be improvised. I'm super excited. All right. It's titled Rite Aid, written by Tyler Chick. Nell will be played by Keely Anastasia. Calvin will be played by Chris Packard. And announcer will be played by Keithy. Interior Rite Aid Day. A shopper, Calvin, is browsing the shelves. The place is nearly deserted. Store employee, Mel, approaches him. Can I help you with anything? Oh, uh, I don't think anyone's ever asked me that at a Rite Aid. <laughs> we don't. It's just me. Oh, well, I'm just waiting for a prescription. But actually, there are a couple of things I should get while I'm here. That's by design. Every Rite Aid is laid out completely differently, except for the pharmacy. It's always in the back, so no matter which aisle you go down, you're reminded of all the great products at Rite Aid. <laughs> actually, that, uh, that kind of worked. I... Remembered you carried a conditioner that my partner likes, but I'm having trouble finding it now. Uh, I see. And which location was that? Um, maybe Third Street? I don't remember. Oh, that makes sense then. Like I said, every Rite Aid is different. They are? I mean, I knew they weren't all laid out the same, but I assumed you had most of the same stock. Mostly. But not the same brands of conditioner? Sometimes. So how do I know where to drive? Am I supposed to call ahead to every Rite Aid? Oh, no, silly. I don't think they would have a good answer for you. Not every Rite Aid knows what they have. <laughs> but some do. Exactly. Like, for example, I do. I know. Because I make it my business to know. Intense eye contact. Oh. Yeah. Are you in the market for a copy of Indiana Jones and the Staff of Kings for a Nintendo DS? <laughs> no. No problem. We do have it, though. Three copies, but only at this location. Released in 2009 and still here, waiting for their big moment. <laughs> I, really, I really just need my prescription and the hair conditioner. I can show you a picture. We don't have it. You would have seen it. But before you go, are you hungry? We have green tea Kit Kats, but not the regular kind. Or browse our selection of discount Blu-rays. We're the only Rite Aid that carries Walk Hard on Blu-ray. But every Rite Aid does carry Django Unchained. I can't explain that one. Oh, no, thank you. Uh, maybe I'll just stop at the supermarket on my way home. Wait, can I interest you in a Satisfier brand bullet vibrator? The holiday season is right around the corner. Rite Aid carries sex toys? Apparently. Since when? There's no record. I checked. A long beat. White noise swells as Calvin starts to speak. Smash cut to interior Rite Aid moments later. Calvin walks to the register with two different vibrators and a bag from the pharmacy. <laughs> There's a massive line at the single open register, despite the store being empty moments before. What the fuck? Rite Aid. There's always a line. <laughs> oh, Tyler, great job. Let's talk about that The original draft of this was inspired by uh, going to a Rite Aid, but not the one I usually go to. And I was waiting for the prescription. Um, it was one near my work rather than one near where I live. And so I was like, I got there thinking maybe it'll be done early, but it wasn't. So I just asked if they could uh, get it ready right then. And I would, just thought I would wait uh, on my lunch hour. So I was browsing around the store and 
uh, one of the things I saw was like two or three copies of this Nintendo DS game uh, by itself with no other video game <laughs> paraphernalia at all. Um, I think it was near like some like DVDs and stuff like that kind of media, but <laughs> there was, it was just this one game. And I was like, there's, there's no other writer that has two copies of this game sitting out. Like there's no way. Uh, and how, how could they still be here? I just couldn't <laughs> figure out why they would just leave them there for over a decade. I don't know. That just got me thinking. And I, I just thought of this character that knew all about her Rite Aid, but also all the different Rite Aids that would explain this. And then framed as a commercial at the end. So the idea that like anybody at a Rite Aid has is doing any of this on purpose or even knows any of this <laughs> uh, is so nuts because it's so true. They do have crazy PSP discs and stuff like for no reason. Uh, yeah. I think that like anyone who encounters this sketch is going to be like, yeah, this is so true about Rite Aid. Um, one specific thing I have that I think is just like very nitpicky, but like uh, rolls into another like larger note I have is this moment where Calvin's like, um, maybe Third Street. I don't remember. Calvin knows that he got the conditioner at Third Street. Then it makes it easier for Mel to be like, oh, yeah, they used to carry or like, you know, like then it makes it we can like clarify how much Mel knows. Mm. Um, and then the other thing is, I think that might let you like lead into getting out your incredible specifics like earlier. Uh, like uh, for me, I think like one of the funniest things Mel does is like pull out these like amazing specifics of like stuff that is clearly just left behind and left on the shelves at the Rite Aid and try to like hawk it. Like as soon as you get to uh, Indiana Jones for Nintendo DS <laughs> uh, <laughs> and like it waiting for its big moment and like the stuff about like Walcard and Django uh I feel like that, you know, you could talk about like Chili's uh, gift cards and like, uh, yeah. you know, floppy disks or like whatever. Single Ferrero Rocher chocolates. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel like yeah. if you start Mel's gate, like I feel like Mel could start hawking that stuff to Calvin like earlier, both comedically because we get the sense of it. And then because it also gives the sense that like which I got the sense this time reading it, which I didn't get last time that like Mel cared about these like left behind products in a, in a certain way. And it'd be cool. Like I think an earlier, like trying to sell them earlier would give us that sense of like Mel wants to get these things off the shelf. <laughs> yeah thanks. i really wanted to know what that conditioner was like that was a good place to put some specifics like maybe calvin doesn't remember like uh it was a conditioner that smelled like some kind of flowers in a pink bottle and then mel knows exactly what it was like it was herbal essence and we stopped carrying that it they, they still carry that at the third street we stopped carrying that february 7th of 1993 but we have this great vo5 <laughs> or whatever like you had to just like put in all these very specifics yeah that'll just kind of lead the right into how much Mel knows about everything. I really love how you established Mel in the beginning as like, they don't do this at Rite Aid, but Mel does this at Rite Aid. Yeah. <laughs> she's, yeah. she's the only one. Yeah. Maybe the things like left behind even goes so far as she's like, in aisle six, you'll see a 
frosted lemonade cup from Annie Ann's that's been here for two years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we were never selling that. <laughs> <laughs> but you won't find it in any other place. <laughs> yeah. It's part of things now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Under the refrigerator, there's a little unicorn that a dog left here in 2004. <laughs> Breaking into things that aren't even for sale. Yeah. Yeah. It is amazing how like themed it seems sometimes though. Like I was in Walgreens the other day because I and I was like thinking about the sketch and I was like, is this like a, just a is this a whole Dax Shepard movie section? Like <laughs> is this curated? <laughs> sometimes it seems purposeful, like yeah. what's left over. Um one of the most validating um specifics for me was in the action lines at the end when you talk about how like the store was empty moments ago. And then as soon as you go to check out, there's like the longest line you've ever seen. And there's like one person working. Um, and so I don't want that to go unnoticed if this was like filmed. So if that could just like be said or named somehow. Um, yeah. I wonder if there's a way that if you would film it, that there's a way that you can tell that they are having this conversation very close to the checkout line. And like, there's physically no way that these people could have gotten in line without us noticing <laughs> Mm. And we see that the store is empty the whole time. And then like, where the hell does this line? I don't know how you would do it logistically, but that would be amazing if you could really convey the impact of that absurd reality we live in. I feel like if this was Curb Your Enthusiasm, Larry would just walk in and go, ah, no line. <laughs> uh, and then immediately there is a line. <laughs> oh no, silly! I don't think they would have a good answer for you. Not every Rite Aid knows what they have. Oh, what's that sound? Could be the Rift Train coming into the station. Mr. <laughs> oh. Conductor, are you are you are you blasted? <laughs> Are you <laughs> drunk again? <laughs> oh my oh god. god. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. We Let were in the bar car. I know it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? Is that where we keep all the alcohol? It is. It is where we keep all the alcohol. <laughs> every, bar's a, every car is a bar car in the Rift Train. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. In, including the front. You mean uh, the engine? <laughs> yes, uh, that is one. part of the train. The part that makes the choo-choo? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mr. Conductor. Including the choo-choo part. You know what? I think we're going to need to That's hear a comedy of... premise from you to know that you're not too drunk to drive the train today. Yeah. All right. You're going to have to bring the riff. Yeah. Prove it. Yeah. So I drove by a, a church one day and um, there, there's more. This is already too good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's rip y'all. <laughs> no, no, no. Go. Great afternoon, everybody. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> I was driving by a church one day. <laughs> In the Go merry, ahead. merry month of May. <laughs> uh, I drove by a church one day, and um, there... Uh, they, they all have like signs, right? And this one said, uh, come pursue Jesus with us. 
Um, like, yeah. Which, which to me implied that like we're gonna chase Jesus down and <laughs> worship him no matter what. Uh, you know that movie, A Hard Day's Night, by the Beatles. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I imagine like I just like a sequence or like a montage of like a crowd chasing Jesus while he like hides behind a newspaper or like gets changed in a phone booth. <laughs> a mustache uh, over his mustache. There's, a, there's been a yeah. tweet going around of the opening of Austin Powers. And it's yes. just like that where he, the, the girls are like chasing after him. Jesus will like do a jump in the air. <laughs> There's Jesus actually a great, uh, a great promo for Chuck E. Cheese where Chuck E. dresses up like Austin Powers and does that. <laughs> it's like what? four minutes long. Oh I watch it like maybe once a month. It's absolutely brilliant. I love that. Look that's immediately after wow. Four yeah. minutes of yeah. just that. That's commitment. It's amazing. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's truly the greatest thing. Uh, but yeah, I I'd say like just to, replace oh. Chuck E. Cheese with Jesus. <laughs> you can have more than one sign, right? So each bead is like a sign. Uh, and they sure. get big, but like more progressively, like um, aggressive towards hunting down Jesus and make then <laughs> Jesus be real so that like he's there and everybody's chasing him down and pursuing him. So maybe you need to go drive by more churches and find out what their signs say <laughs> and make them more aggressive towards getting more Jesus in your life and like strap him down to your pickup truck and take him to everywhere you go. I don't know. Yeah. The first one I thought of was take him everywhere. Jesus is getting away. Are you going to let him run from you? <laughs> the son of God is making a run for it. <laughs> Jesus is knocking at the door. Don't let him ding dong ditch. <laughs> okay, these sound like they're all real signs, though. <laughs> you can get a job, Tyler. I yeah, I would happily <laughs> customize church signs for pay. Yes, put that on your resume. <laughs> Finally, you can use that youth man degree. <laughs> yeah, I took a whole class on church signage. So. <laughs> Okay, that's a good, that's a good comedy premise there too. Semiotics, that's what it was called. I love a coy Jesus too. Who <laughs> <laughs> me? Come, all ye faithful. <laughs> I was also thinking like Jesus, uh, like driving down the road like OJ and his Bronco. That is <laughs> <laughs> Jesus is on the run. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You'll never take it's me like alive. A, it's a police it's chase. Just... Son of man on the run. Son of man on the run. Son of man on the run. You just happened to walk right into my wheelhouse, Keith. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> if you could get someone dressed as Jesus riding a horse down the 101, I mean, do it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Camel, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> uh, Keith, you there? Um, Mr. Conductor? <laughs> All right. I guess I guess the conductor got blasted and crashed the train. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad, but I'm sure they'll be out yeah. the next week. <laughs> uh, 
I've seen this before with the riff train, and I've actually I I know that if we have a comedy premise and we riff it hard enough, that yes, it'll go. The train will come back. Uh. Okay. Oh, oh, okay, okay. I was afraid there wouldn't be a, a return policy for my ticket. Um, okay. Um, one time I went on a date that started at P.F. Chang's and ended in the wilderness. Um, and that was not, the latter was not a planned part of the date. It was just to go to P.F. Chang's. It was a first date, <laughs> might I add. Um, and I had never met this person before this evening. And then at some point at P.F. Chang's, he was like, oh, um, we should, I have this really good spot to watch the moon. And this was before I was even into moon stuff. But I was like, <laughs> okay, I don't have plans tonight. And um, so then we drove out of the city and I don't even know where because we were then in the woods and I don't even know where woods are close to Baltimore. But anyways, so we're walking into the woods and it's like pitch black outside and in the road, <laughs> the like path gets really narrow and he's like in front of me and he like, turns around and like looks at me and he's like i promise i'm not gonna murder you wow which is exactly what like a murderer would say right yeah anyways i'm alive but and he wasn't a murderer he kept his word spoiler alert okay go on i know i'm sorry but in that moment i was like okay well i'm not gonna get stressed out about this because like if I'm if he's gonna kill me, like there's nothing I can do about it. Like we're literally in the middle of the woods. So I just like accepted my fate and I was like, it's not worth like expending any Well, I was like, it's not worth expending like any like stress over this because there's literally nothing I can do about it at this point. I let it get this far. I'm kind of an idiot if he tries to kill me. But anyways, so I have never forgotten this moment, obviously. Um, but I just feel like maybe there's something with someone just like explicitly saying like I promise I'm not going to murder you. I love the idea of even a situation where it doesn't seem like anybody is murdering anybody. Like you're just like watching something or like playing (laughs) chess or like, you know, whatever. And then the person just being like, hey, yeah, like great move. Uh, By the way, you asked like I liked Ted Lasso. Yeah, uh, it's great. I'm not a murderer. Uh, But yeah, I think season two slipped a little bit. Uh, Like just like, oh, yeah, like I really love shell pasta too uh and i would like never tie anyone up in a big big bag and drop them in the water (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah because for me like i was like oh like saying you're not gonna murder someone seems like like an already heightened move but for me that's like that's like the first move so i was like how do you heighten from there but then you just give specifics of the murder that you're not going to commit. Got it. Mm -hmm. I can Mm -hmm. think of six or seven ways I could murder you right now, but I'm not going to do (laughs) (laughs) I do have a weapon on me, but I will not use it. I just have it for self-protection. I'm not taking stock of all the things in the room I could use to murder (laughs) I don't have scientific knowledge of, you know, how to hit an artery so that you bleed out quickly. You know, so, so I wouldn't worry about that. And I would never seek that knowledge. <laughs> I don't. It, it's not just that I could murder you. It's also that there are places I could hide your body, like all over this area that yeah. no one goes mm-hmm. to. Yeah. I don't know yeah. any of them. <laughs> just because this place has the most murder per capita 
doesn't mean I'm one of the murderers. Yeah. I'm not a part of a paramilitary organization that trains in places that might potentially be good places to put a body if I needed to. Oh my gosh, everybody, we're riffing well enough. He's coming back. The ghost of the Keep riffing. I have eight passwords, <laughs> all in different names, in case I need to leave the country after a murder. Yeah. Uh, I feel my strength returning. Oh. If you go to my apartment, you're not going to find a map of the local cave system with unexplained red X's all over it. I am at full strength now. I don't have a gun that I got registered to my boss who I don't like. <laughs> so you said you were, were going to go back to school? Well, how's that? Right. I was at that Lord concert too. <laughs> the same one you were at. And I didn't murder somebody that night. <laughs> and there were so many people that I could have. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone had their backs to me. You can always tell when someone's alone at a concert. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't push anyone over that was there alone and then run away at the Lord concert. <laughs> Just to feel something. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm so happy she played Royals. I was really afraid she wasn't going to do her old stuff. Can I have a lock of your hair? It's not for a trophy. Yeah. <laughs> I took a taxi here and paid cash because it's easier. <laughs> I think that's a good riff. Welcome back, conductor. I have returned to posthumously accept Keeley's riff. Posthumously. You died? Wow. Are you a ghost? The whole rift train's a ghost rift train? Oh, man. Wow. This is a big change in the canon for the yeah. show. It's, it's a ghost rift train a, from here on out. Yep. <laughs> Gonna get a little spookier from now on. Just warning. Oh, he's still I'm still drunk. Yeah. We're not ghosts. <laughs> you're going to be drunk forever now? You're <laughs> drunk. If you no. die when you're drunk, you're drunk as a ghost. Yeah. This is a ghost rift train. Okay. <laughs> Can you get us to a Simon station without crashing? Please. Yeah. We're uh, not ghosts, without... you are. We still have places to go. Okay, well, I am nothing if not still a pride, proud man. So I will direct the ghost rift train to assignment station as scheduled. Thank you, Mr. D Ghost Conductor. Here we are at assignment station, folks. Sketchies, the assignment this week is a commercial parody for a product that really exists that's being used the right way that it's intended to be used. I did this in my class a few weeks ago, and everything that I got from it was fucking hilarious. So um, think about like a product that you think is insane, uh, or that you have like just thoughts about or whatever, and just write a commercial parody for that product being used as it's supposed to be used. Um, it's it's a pra it's a way to practice satire. All right, Mr. Conductor, can you get a, can you get us to Plug Town? <laughs> oh, God. All right, that here one. we go. <laughs> oh, little. Oh, there we go. Start here. Start here. <laughs> oh, here we are. Oh. 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 So fast. Oh, here we are, plugged down. 
<laughs> Keely, anything you want to plug? I am going to take a break from plugging uh, Pennsylvania tourist <gasps> destinations that you may not have thought were tourist destinations. And I'm going to plug one of my personal favorite phenomenons in the state of Pennsylvania, which is that we have license plates with tigers on them. Oh, yeah. Great plug. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Tiger license plates. (laughs) Nothing says Pennsylvania Pennsylvania. like a license plate with a tiger on it. The Pennsylvanian tiger right up there with Bombay. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Alicia, anything you want to plug? I will plug, yes, hiking and rocks. I will also plug bringing a friend along because getting lost is not fun all right good plugs thank you tyler anything you want to plug uh i would like to plug the website sketchy sketch sketch.com and i i make a solemn vow that by the time this episode comes out i will get harris in my teacher bio Oh, yeah. yeah. Thank you for making a solid vow. That, that feels good. Wow. Keith, anything you want to plug? I'm going to plug uh, Frowley's German Delicatessen uh, in Lemoyne, Pennsylvania. Um, I haven't uh, been there for a while, but they've got all, all your uh, German food needs. Um, like they're imported. Uh, I talk to the lady there all the time when I'm there, Mimi. Uh, she's a delight. Um, if you want, you know, uh, Knockwurst, she's got it. Um, uh, Weisswurst, she's got it. She's got all the Wurst. Uh, <laughs> all the Did Wurst. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, close. Um, yeah. Any? Is there a website for that? Or? www.frauliesgermandeli.com. That's F R A U L I E S. German All right, friends, that's all for us. Yeah, it is. Thank you to all the participants and to Jeff Powers for the music you've heard. And thanks to you, the listeners. If you'd like to support the show or check out more that we have to offer, head on over to SketchySketchSketch.com. And while you're there, check out our Patreon. We got exclusive content on there and everything you need to be the ultimate sketchy. And if you're like, hey, I'm funny, I want to submit a sketch. Email your sketch to sketchysketchpod at gmail.com. We'll get it on the show. Do it. You, you listener, think about it. Send us your email sketch in an email. We want to hear it. We want to read it. We want to email you back. And if one of the sketches you've heard really impacted you, or you just want to give some love to the writer or some joke ideas, hit us up on our website where there is a place to do that. As always, if you like what you heard today, please tell your friends. Check us out on socials. Check out our classes. Subscribe. Yes, give us it. five stars on whatever you're listening on. And that's all for us, everybody. I hope you see the stars and the moon in my eyes because I love oh, you. I, I hope you see you. all the planets in our eyes and the solar system. But not Uranus! No! Because your anuses should not be in my eyes. We don't have anus in our eyes, we Uranus. We don't have anuses in our eyes either. <laughs> okay, we love you. Bye. Bye! <laughs> Thank you very much.